0: It's Bigfoot Collector's Club, with Bryce and
1: Michael. I know a ghost story or two.
2: Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. 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 Fuck yeah. Bigfoot Collector's Club. Welcome back.
3: <laughs> the podcast for computers fuck oh wait, wait. What?
2: that's what this is about right computer fucking podcast hey guys
3: welcome back to another episode of bigfoot collectors club that's our first intro on our new platform campfire media they're gonna love and we got hopefully we got lots of new listeners and you're already confused uh this is the podcast where we talk to amazing guests about their personal paranormal history, and share stories of high strangeness. I am your host, Michael McMillan. With me always is your other host... Uh, Bryce Johnson. And our super producer... Riley Bray. Yo, Riley dog, you were You were out in Las Vegas this weekend. I sure was. You were playing a rock and roll show. I was. With your band, Spin Drift. And uh, you know, Vegas they're getting ready for a lot of people to show up near there in September, the Naruto raid on Area 51. I oh, think yeah. it will
2: rival Vegas in uh, size and was yeah. spectacle. Was there,
3: was there any buzz about it while you were there?
2: No. No (laughs) No one's talking about (laughs) it?
4: Just a lot of metalheads. hard. Alien stock. We're going to talk about that in Mm, a few minutes,
3: but first, I would like to bring in this week's guest. Uh, Today's guest is a comedian, actor, writer, and cartoonist. He's appeared on Late Night with Conan O'Brien and was a writer on The Eric Andre Show. You can catch all of his hilarious comic strips at the Instagram handle at House of Relax... Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Mister Lucas Hell. Yeah! Yes, yes.
5: Uh, 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 uh. oh. oh no! <laughs>
3: <laughs> he had sex with a tiny car and electrocuted. Oh, guys. It. Ow! Computers do know how to fuck. Hell yeah! It hurt. We were just talking about how computers are always a nerdy thing, and we thought maybe they should be a cool thing from yeah.
2: now on. Totally. <laughs> a sexually aggressive. yeah, thing, yeah. that's, that's right. cool, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's one or the other. <laughs>
3: Toxic masculinities uh-huh. still lurking around. Um Lucas, welcome to the show. Thanks. thank you so much for
1: having me. You're good friends with
3: our friend of the show. Yes. Ms Marcy Jarro.
1: Marcy Jarro. How do you know yeah. her? I know her from New York. Uh, I think we met long time ago in a UCB class. Yes, like early 2000s. And um, then we both did a bunch of stuff at Magnet Theater and we were on house teams there together for years. Awesome!
3: Yeah, that's pretty great. Yeah, and do you share her love for the paranormal? Yes, oh, I do. Oh boy! Oh I'm boy! Oh awesome. boy!
1: An enthusiast. That's sure. oh, that's you're going to
3: be an ideal guest. It's great because whenever somebody comes on the show and says I don't have a story or I'm not into it, I'm like, it's fine. You're going to be great. But then whenever we do have
1: someone, I'm like, yes, yeah, no, <laughs> perfect totally. guest. Yeah, um, I'm into it, and I I have stories too. Okay, great. great. All right.
3: Well, we're going to get to that in just a moment. But first, up front, we have some. B.C.C. News! <laughs> so, uh, I don't know if anybody's heard this yet. This is pretty fascinating. This comes from uh, Henrico County, Virginia. Okay. Man wearing TV on his head. Oh, caught yeah. on camera leaving old TVs on Virginia front porches. It's Shia LaBeouf, dude. This guy <laughs> swear, is Shia. this guy's known as the TV man now. Uh, residents living in a Virginia neighborhood woke up to find... Free televisions on their doorsteps. This is from uh, ABC6 News. Uh, it sounds like a great gift until you see the older box sets left at homes. He's committed to his trade, said homeowner Jim Brooksbank. No need to adjust that dial. These guys are good uh. at writing copy. <laughs> Doorbell surveillance cameras captured the man with the TV set over his head, laying an older set down on someone's front porch and just walking off. Yep. He wants to be known as the TV Santa Claus. I don't know, Brooks Bank told WTVR TV. The bizarre discovery happened Sunday morning in Henrico's Hampshire neighborhood. Outdated boxes were found at more than 50 homes. Holy shit. We got an old tube-style TV, 13-inch, said Brooks Bank. I love that they're just talking to (laughs) one (laughs) guy. Uh, he, th- he said he thought his son brought it home, or another neighbor said he thought uh, the son brought it home. And then he discovered that they were spread all over the neighborhood. Uh, Henrico police are tuned into the situation. These guys are loving their TV puns yeah. in this story. <laughs> yep. They have security camera video from multiple neighbors, but think it's only a prank targeting no one in particular. Um, so this is pretty crazy. This, I mean, part of it is just the video. Uh, the photos of this guy are a little spooky, yeah, and I he kind of looks like a awesome. cryptid creeping around TV people's neighborhoods <laughs> yeah they still haven't caught the guy as of the latest story as far as i know the identity of tv man has not been revealed but i gotta hand it to this guy for being creative and i cool. like to
4: imagine him in his underground lair like getting his helmet ready like yeah. you know like, <laughs> like yeah. you know like fixing it up and like yeah
3: Going Every out. channel I'm going out again
4: tonight. The wall. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: Are they trying to catch him? They. They. Um. The police said that. Uh He's really only, the. It's, they were basically like, look, this isn't a crime. Right. The only thing he's doing <laughs> he's wrong is he might be fined for illegal dumping. Uh. But the residents did say the police are doing a really good job of collecting all the old t- television sets. Oh, that's good. Where's this guy getting the TV sets? Because I figure, like, that's the first place to look. Trace right. it to the source.
4: Like, this is clearly. A, <laughs> this, this is, is a, a case we could solve, probably. <laughs> yeah, this is an Edward
3: Scissorhands situation where, like, his dad was, like, a TV repairman. Yeah. And it and like he broke his head, uh, like falling off his bicycle, and his dad started replacing him with TV parts.
1: That's, you know what I mean? Yes. That's probably what's happening. I
3: think, I think so. So guys, go <laughs> to that. Almost hey, definitely, everyone in Henrico, look up that hill, see that old abandoned TV factory. That's where you can find TV man. He's Start right, looking there, up there. Um. So yes, let's move on to our next story. Alien stock. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this is our uh, update on the Area 51 raid. Lucas, I'm sure you've been following this story. Uh, uh, This is from AV Club. Area 51 raid, now a festival called Alien Stock that's bound to become this generation's Woodstock. Um, If you thought the the plan to storm Area 51 was a load of crap that stemmed from a shit-posting event on Facebook, you're sort of correct. There will be no storming, but there will be a festival in its stead. It's a sign of the times, really, that the 50th anniversary of the most iconic festival of all time couldn't get off the ground, but that an irony-fueled event that was memed into existence most certainly will. So you go to the Alien Stock Festival, and now it's saying... They have a website now. It says Alien Stock 920 and 922, where believers gather. Vendor applications now available. Cool. So. Let's go. uh, When is the festival? September 20th. Where is it happening? The town of Rachel, Nevada. It (laughs) lies two hours outside of Las Vegas. The population of Rachel is 50. So this event will cover almost half of the small town. This is closest, uh, the closest town towards Area 51, so it only feels natural to meet here and celebrate aliens and the unknown. What to expect... We're doing everything in our power to establish an amazing experience. That read between the lines, everything yeah, in, in our, our power. power. That mm-hmm. is a bit of a red flag yeah. because it's, that's someone who doesn't have a lot of power yeah. saying this really is becoming the yeah. alien world uh, fire festival. I, agree, I really yeah, think yeah, it is. Honestly. We're
4: in touch with Domino's Pizza. We're trying to, <laughs> yeah. you know, we're trying to get some stuff happening. We're in talk with Scott down at the Domino's. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How many pizzas can we get? Scott's totally gonna help us out. (laughs)
3: They said the little alien is the only hotel and diner in the whole town. They're already preparing for this event. So we've decided to turn this into a festival and help them organize. The owner of the inn had already rallied several plots of property from landowners to host something of this caliber. They essentially secured the entire... I, I love that he's explaining this in such a defensive yeah. way. Yeah. They essentially... Like, look, all look, all right. Essentially, they secured the entire front portion of Rachel, Nevada, that sits on the extraterrestrial highway. Um, it is a small town of 50 people. That's the second time they've stated this on this website. So this event will engulf about half of the small community. Half? There's only 50. Are they expecting 25 people or a million? <laughs> I think it's going to engulf the entire town. There is nothing there. I've been to Rachel uh those involved have already given permission but those outside the perimeter of the grounds may have had may have different opinions so we ask that attendees be respectful of residential properties that means there will be guys in in in, uh pickup trucks with shotguns awesome um also what can you bring to the festival alcohol question mark um Craft performing arts? Question mark? They put question marks? (laughs) This is a lot of red flags.
4: Macaroni necklaces. One
3: thing they do say explicitly is no drones. Please don't fly drones during this event. This is common airspace for government operations. Yes, a reminder that probably doing this in the first place is a bad idea. Mm -hmm. So that's the latest on the Area 51 raid. It is now a very uh, unorganized... uh, party yeah well, the
4: question are they is, gonna have stages
2: gonna... or anything no Bands?
3: mention of stages didn't yeah.
4: they didn't they secure a headliner or something No,
3: i don't see anybody <laughs> Tom i don't see anything on the website Angels Airways, sun right? eaters right? Just, yeah. uh lucas you gonna go to this no. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. There's one way in and one way out, and there's nothing there.
1: It's it sounds like it's gonna be really hot. Like, isn't the desert's really hot in yeah. the fall?
3: Yeah. It's yeah. yeah, it's like the hottest it ever is. Yeah. Oh boy, oh boy, guys. I know you want us to go to this thing. I just don't think it's a good idea. Mm. I'd rather I you know, I'd rather sit from the sidelines and watch it yeah. at home. Okay, so now we go from our BCC News segment to a new segment. Ooh. This one is called...
5: <laughs>
3: oh, ectoplasm on my face. God. <laughs> We're canceled from campfire. <laughs> it was a good run, guys.
4: Uh,
3: <laughs> this segment is about now when uh, we... Find out that a theory that we had is completely wrong, and this weekend I found out a story that I told last week where I thought there was maybe a neighbor of mine who was a ghost that dematerialized through a construction fence is actually just a regular neighbor oh, who, who lives next door to Not the Not a man in black. Not an MIB, oh. just a regular old basic bitch. So he just walked into his house. He <laughs> just walked up his driveway. You can never
4: trust your goosebumps again.
3: <laughs> I can And the sad thing is I just retold this story on Marcy and Betsy's yeah. podcast. Oh so I got ectoplasm on my face. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure sorry everybody. You know what though? I'm just gonna say this. this means that I will never lie to our audience when I ever have a weird theory yeah. or a strange encounter that I'm that was weird. If I find out that it was not and I can debunk it then I will debunk myself, and I will be <laughs> honest.
2: It's good science.
4: You
3: yeah. know? Right? Yeah. you got to yep. be open and honest about
2: it. Yeah. 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 Anybody
4: i got to uh, say, I was never wholly convinced yeah, about either. it at the start was, anyway. You but... sure
2: you didn't just walk in something?
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: I'm telling you, if you saw it from the corner of my eye, it looked really weird. <laughs> Sorry. Well, anyway, so I don't have a ghost living around it's the corner right. from me. I mean, I might, but it's not that guy. Um, all right, we're going to take a very, very quick break and then when we come back we're going to talk to mr lucas held about his personal paranormal history awesome Ooh, yeah. so lucas yes what is your personal paranormal history
1: oh wow there's like there's a lot Actually, oh, yeah, good. yeah.
3: So let's talk about let's Let's break
1: it down this way. Okay, where are you from? Um, okay. When did you get into
3: this shit? Okay, and then what stories do you have?
1: I'm from Oyster Bay, New York, on Long Island, and um, I uh grew up in a house that was kind of near where a bunch of springs come up from the ground, and there's a huge dark ancient woods all behind my house perfect it was perfect and so ever since i remember i was seeing strange things uh you know i remember being a little kid and uh hearing footsteps coming up the stairs and my my siblings remember this too footsteps coming up the stairs like oh my parents are coming up and then no one walks past our door it's just done it's over yeah one time uh my brother heard a, a spooky laugh in our kitchen. My dad searched the house, you know we thought someone was in the house. No one was there. Your dad heard it too, no, but he saw how scared my brother was when he ran upstairs. He jumped out of his skin. I was Enough standing to right next to him. the house, yeah Whoa. and scared the crap out of me too um uh let's see. My sister said she saw a, a flash of light go across our yard oh, wow. once, and that she told me this recently. And it blew my mind because one time I had a friend sleeping over who said he saw a a flashlight go across our yard. And we ran into my mom's room to tell her. And she was like, stop lying. Get out of here. Like (laughs) She was mad. (laughs) Get out of here. (laughs) And so forever I thought, yeah, oh, he was trying to get attention over at at a sleepover. But now I'm like, no, no. He probably saw that.
4: Putting the pieces together
1: uh let's see another i'm just kind of running through them real yeah. fast i was staying over at my friend's house uh, a couple towns over and their house had a view over the harbor and i saw a light moving all around the harbor just like whoa like a uh like a mouse moving across the screen mm. it was dipping down going in between boats coming up this was back in the 80s you know no drones yeah uh, th- and that's right next to, I don't know if this has anything to do with it, but it sounds cool. It's right next to um, where the uh, the DNA lab is in Cold Spring Harbor, where, oh, they, really? where they discovered basically how DNA works. And they're oh, still wow. doing tons of... Uh,
3: Guys, we did it first, okay. still doing it. Oh, yeah. Don't really? Mind? No, that's what they're saying. That's their motto. Oh, yeah. Did it first, still doing <laughs> still it. Still doing it.
1: They're like, we think
3: <laughs> we can come up with a better motto for this DNA lab, but they're like, nope, we're yeah. number one. We don't really need to advertise. We <laughs>
1: invented DNA, <laughs> okay?
3: I mean, I feel like uh aliens might want to stop by the DNA bank and pick up some, you know, hybrid uh materials. Yeah,
2: they're, they're interested absolutely. for sure. It's yeah. like
3: it's like their grocery store. It's like they got to drop, you know, or it's at least their 7-Eleven like yeah. stop by and get a six-pack
2: <laughs> of human. Yeah. yeah, they
1: they're definitely into DNA if you believe all the all the stories of like just taking samples and stuff like what's that about they're doing something well but i don't know i don't i'm not convinced of what it is i i have more questions than any kind of even even uh even opinions let, let right. alone answers like are they aliens like it doesn't seem like it it seems too weird almost it does it seems too weird it seems to almost have more in <clears throat> common with like what they used to call fairies and what oh what a lot of the religions you know what like Moses talking to a burning bush. Oh, there's like burning and lights and stuff and Mm -hmm. booming voices in the the wilderness. Mm -hmm. It's very similar to a lot of this stuff.
4: Yeah, it's all, I think, uh, the same type of phenomena or the same source of the phenomena. It's just uh, it changes and it uh, it varies itself through culture and time. You know, Terrence McKenna, he 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 also sounded this opinion that it was it was like a a credulity test to think that these aliens in beryllium ships were traveling billions of light years to probe our anuses and like, you know. Uh, hybridize with us it's like it was like it just the though it was ridiculous to yeah. think that that and you know he always i mean was you're like,
5: you're
3: forgetting that humans have sweet sweet buttholes <laughs> <laughs> it's worth the trip across
4: <laughs> well, the galaxy you know what you're right you're right true true <laughs> but uh it was crazy to think that uh and so many people are are under this assumption especially uh you know people who have experience in abductees and stuff like that Uh but it it it, you're right, there's more to the story than just, you know, taking us for a a hybridization program. I don't think it makes sense, you know?
3: Yeah, but the old fairy stories are all about fairies taking babies and wanting to bring the babies, the human babies, over to their world. Mm -hmm. There's an idea that 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 we are beings of matter and that these entities are be- beings of spirit mm-hmm. and what they're trying to do is compile the two and make a being that can exist in both the material world and the spiritual world simultaneously mm-hmm. you know what i yeah. mean and they and and then when we hear stories about some of the weird stuff with like bigfoot maybe that's what bigfoot is cuz yeah. he can live in the woods and shit in the woods and break down tree branches, and leave footprints, but then he can disappear into portals, you know, and old... you know, uh indigenous people's stories of the Sasquatch were like it's a spiritual creature. It moves
4: between worlds. You know, worlds. moves
1: between worlds. Right, so right. maybe that's what it
4: is. So maybe much- that
1: maybe that's us too. Uh you know, some people say, Oh, we're we're spiritual beings having a physical experience here. Mm-hmm. When when a lot of people have uh, psychedelic experiences, I'm so glad you brought up Terrence McKenna, I'm fascinated with him. Me too. Um that a lot of people say the same thing, that they get this feeling, this unshakable feeling that, oh, no, wait a second. This like meat suit I'm wearing is like, I signed up for this. This is like. Uh, this is an experience we've that talked about I this on the show a bunch. Yeah. That oh, okay.
3: we're this is basically an avatar that yeah. our fi- our like fifth dimensional consciousness drops down into the third dimension yeah. and experiences it the way that we would experience virtual reality right. or a video game. And that the the catch is when you're in the third dimension, you're, you can't remember you can't remember because it, can't it remember. would ruin the game. It would ruin the game, right? And you have to play by the third dimension rules, right. which is. This place comes with a lot of because it's a lower dimension, a lot of suffering. Yes, you know what I mean. A lot, a lot, a lot of suffering, but also a lot of cool, beautiful, beautiful and stuff and pleasure as well. Right. But when when you're when you're Avatar is
4: killed, it's done. Right. Well, and not only that, but the rules can be broken. I mean, there's stories throughout history of people levitating, people yeah. moving physical objects, yeah. people people actually breaking those rules of this physical dimension. We saw The Matrix in 1999. No, no, right. no not The Matrix, but... Uh, <laughs> but know, it is The Matrix.
1: Yeah. If it, Same it, thing. But the, they took their ideas from The yeah. Matrix from... Uh, oh man! Almost every religion and spirituality on Earth has these similarities. Hinduism, uh, the the mis- mystical Judaism and Kabbalah, uh, Gnosticism, which got crushed by the modern church. Mm-hmm. It's mystical Christianity, and it and it has all these things in it. I
3: mm-hmm. got into Philip K. Dick last summer, and his like Gnosticism, the Gnosticism stuff in his books, like Valis yeah, was incredible, it okay. insane. I need to read that. Oh, dude, yeah, you would love it. Love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, they also the Matrix also ripped off a lot of the Invisibles by Graham Morrison, mm-hmm. but. Uh He's tried suing I don't think he got very far but it is very similar yeah um, have you ever read the invisibles
1: no oh it's
3: all about this stuff that we're talking about really yeah I it's... feel
1: like I've heard him on a podcast oh. talking about how the Matrix ripped him off. yeah 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 probably <laughs> he
3: there was a good 10-year period where he was complaining about it and then I think when once the third movie came out he was like well whatever it cares. <laughs> this took now, care now, itself. yeah it's not right. this, this is not gonna be as big of a deal as I thought it was gonna be um so when did you do you remember as a kid you were having some weird experiences like this but do you remember being like we were all boys we're Bigfoot boys that grew up like in our uh, discovering this stuff in like our elementary school libraries you said the 80s i think you're of at least our generation riley's a little younger than us i'm just trying to look like i am (laughs) (laughs) um but uh did, did you remember
1: like being fascinated with this stuff as a kid yes definitely um I remember we had a book on ghosts in my library at school and I would take it out all the time. Look at, they had a picture of like an apparition at the top of the stairs. That's That's the Brown lady. That's exactly how it started for me too. Yeah, It was probably the same book. Yeah. Could have been. And I would just look through that and just be like fascinated and be like this. No, I know that this is real. I know that this is real. And um, the whole like, yeah, for me, it wasn't um, aliens. It was more, knowing that there was something unseen in the woods and that was different. I go for, I go for walks in the woods as a little kid. Cause we, we once went on a, a a field trip and part of the field trip was to to go on a night walk and all the kids gathered on one end of this short trail. It wasn't very long. And then the, the teachers were at the other and one by one, we were supposed to walk in the darkness with no flashlight along. It was a full moon. So we could see what,
3: cult school did you go to <laughs> it was it was, a, it was
1: a regular school on long island but uh it was there was a bit of a focus of uh, um, like uh, when, we
3: all had to wear animal masks and robes <laughs> it was the yeah it was and uh, then at the, the end of the, somebody was stuffed in a, a bear skin and we set them on fire yeah it was wicker man montessori
5: you heard
1: it? <laughs> oh, yeah okay yeah, yeah. highly wicker man Wickerman man Wickerman, <laughs> Wickerman, <laughs> montessori yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and uh I, I after facing that fear i was terrified we were all terrified and i walked and I did it and nothing bad happened and I heard some owls and it was, I thought to myself like, Oh, this is like actually amazing and it's not that scary. And so I would do that sometimes, uh, through the, in the trails down by the house and I would see things darting behind trees and stuff. And Mm -hmm. of course it's like, Oh, it's the, the shadow from your flashlight in this net. But that's how, listen, if, if this reality is like made from our consciousness, if like, uh, um, Quantum physics uh, is kind of leaning this way that you know our brains don't make consciousness; consciousness is makes our brains. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, then being spooked in the woods and seeing shadows darting possibly is how these things come to be. Maybe the whole idea of tulpas and manifesting and stuff and just how these weirdo things happen.
3: And it is like, sort of chicken
1: and the egg kind of deal. What's yeah. the
3: phrase about? Like, oh man, there's something about like dreaming or are we the like who's who's dreaming the dreamer like that kind of thing the dreamer or the dream yeah yeah that is very lynchian but it is that sort of thing where it's like yeah why couldn't we all honestly why is it any weirder to suggest that the consciousness that exists collectively is creating our own reality everywhere you know what i mean and is that any different is
1: that weirder is that, than the big bang there well, was yeah. nothing before the big yeah. bang and yeah. and, How, and,
3: nothing. and is it any different really than say, you know if we're, we we then saying that like a god god created the universe you know, I grew up in the Presbyterian Church, and they were like, God is in all of us. God is here. God is with you now. So if God is part of all of us, and we're all part of God, then aren't we all collectively God, and aren't we all collectively creating this creating. reality? Yes. <laughs> yeah. yes. How is that any weirder than, than what you learned in Sunday school? It
1: pretty much sounds like the same thing.
3: I think it's just like more abstract, right. and it takes the idea of like let's get a dude who looks like Zeus, put him on a cloud, and say that he created all this stuff this yeah, way, and but you put
4: that, it out of your mind. That, that being said, that w- why we all are co-creators. There, I am. I am firm in the belief that. Uh, and like like John Keel and Jacques Vallee, that there is also another sentient entity yes. that is perhaps more cognizant of the world and more of a creator than just we are. You know, I was reading that book, uh, John Keel, The Eighth Towers, recently, and it, it it's an incredible book. Uh, and he kind of surmises that all this stuff is related, yeah. and and yet there's this power that seems to sort of toy with us, like we're like we're property, yeah, like almost in a trickster spirit. But there's a great book by uh, famed forty well, whose fourteen. Things were named after Charles Fort, uh, <laughs> the famous forty <laughs> Charles Fort. <laughs> but and I love this quote. I want to I want to know what you guys think about famed this. Lynchian David yeah. Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> Charles Fort says, and I quote. I think we are property. I should say we belong to something. That once upon a time, this earth was no man's land. That other worlds explored and colonized here and fought amongst themselves for possession. But that now it's owned by something. That something owns this earth, all others warned off. So, you know, it's interesting to think that, like, you know, what if we're like, you know, like pets or like the property of this. Of this uh this energy this force this this creator this creative entity that's interesting to think you know yeah. it's a little scary too it's a little scary yeah, yeah. john keel uh, what i loved about him is like so much of this like ufo lore and ufo abduction stuff is like oh and then i just saw peace and i was with with heaven and everything was great john keel is like no this stuff usually ends bad, you know. Right. Um, and this stuff is more malevolent than it is. He does you know? tend
3: to hint. John Keel would tend to hint that maybe some of the stories we haven't heard are because the people didn't survive their encounters. Yeah, that's
4: right. He, you know, he latches on to a lot more people are harmed. Uh, you know, practicing this type of stuff than not. But,
3: but I do find John Keel, even though, to be a little bit more like fun than some of the dark shit that like we talked about in last week's
4: episode absolutely he would swing both ways
3: i don't know if i believe in like the evil overlords you know what i mean i feel like if we have overlords they're people they're yeah or they're well yes there's that and then also if they might be above good and evil they might yeah. be beyond good and evil oh, yeah, yeah. I, I,
1: I lean more towards the whole yin and yang thing like um, yeah maybe some of this is really dark but if for there to be dark, there's gotta be light too. our history is full of
3: stories. Force awakens people. Ray and Kylo motherfuckers. That's what I'm
4: talking about. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, the polarity principle. I'm way behind that too. I mm -hmm. think you and I vibe on a lot of the same stuff. Seems like it. But 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 what I'm saying You are sitting in his lap. (laughs) It's clear you guys are hitting it (laughs) off. But what I'm saying is that all these all these experiencers, all these experiences lead to something greater than just us as a human consciousness creating them. There's something outside of our consciousness that is, that is at play here that is that is playing with us, you know and it's and it's not just us you know creating this world with our conscien- consciousness. There is something else. Above and beyond us, I believe. Yeah, Bugs, I Bunny, really Bugs
3: Bunny drawing us on... <laughs> on Perhaps. It's like, that, uh, why not? Yeah. it's like that old Looney Tunes cartoon. <laughs> strange. And, and just like Bugs Bunny, we about. can
1: interact with the drawer.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's why you like Grant Morrison, because he's all about the way that you're thinking about consciousness dropping into the third dimension. Uh-huh. Grant Morrison thinks about consciousness dropping into the second dimension, uh-huh. which is art writing comics yeah. in a very similar way and he would write himself into his comic books yeah. and things that would happen to his character in the invisibles that he was named king mob started happening to him in real life oh mm. like, like he, the guy who
1: wrote the shadow have you heard about that no 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 the, you know the shadow the yeah, character yeah. Yeah. the guy only the, the author, shadow knows only the shadow knows the author claimed <laughs> that the shadow started showing up in his apartment and, dude and wow. lurking around and the guy who wrote uh, conan the barbarian same thing he said conan would stand uh, over him with an axe Hagger, uh
3: uh haggard haggard oh man uh, he was from texas Thompson? no no <laughs> shit haggard, i can't <laughs> believe i, <laughs> Keguard, I <tried> the <laughs> <horrible>. <laughs>
4: yeah haggard uh dagwood let's go back But how strange is that though it's like not only are we allowed to you know Create our own future per se, but we can also create these like evil spirit entities from nothing, you know yeah. and they take on a life of their own,
1: yeah,
3: um yeah, oh, Grant Morrison talked about us, so there's this like part of the book where his character, King Mob, is like attacked by these interdimensional like entities that are like very bug like and evil. And he's imprisoned by them. And while he was writing that, he started getting this super rare bacterial infection that hospitalized him. And everything that the doctors were doing wasn't working. And at one point in his like fever madness, he was like, wait a minute, I'm in where King Mob is. I better write King Mob. I better write his escape now. Yeah. Oh, wow. And as he started writing... The characters escape he kind of changed the storyline he started getting better oh my god and then he was like well fuck if this works then i can start writing my life to be even better than it was so he started writing all like really cool shit happening to king mob sweet
1: makeout sick. Yeah, yeah and it started happening
3: <laughs> and then he even started dressing more like king mob in his daily life wow. to kind of like channel it even more it was really, it's really, his stuff is, he's he's this. a really, really, uh, Robert E. Howard, by the way, was the Robert name e. Howard, of right. um, uh, the Conan Barbarian creator. But it's, anyway, you, dude, you, you've got to get in the in the Invisibles. You'll dig that shit. What were you afraid of as a kid? You're walking around the woods. You're a much braver boy than I was because I grew up next to the woods as well, and I was terrified to go out there at night. I
1: was actually,
3: uh,
1: I was scared about a lot of stuff. Um, I was scared about... Ghosts uh I was scared about uncanny the uncanny valley things I didn't have a word for it till recently you know, I found out what uncanny valley is, yeah, but think the things that you see in your in your dreams and your fever dreams that make you that hurt your DNA to look at yeah that kind of stuff. I would wake up from a fever dream and I wouldn't just let it go. I would be like why did that feel like that?
3: do you remember yeah. specifically one of these dreams oh. that struck a chord with you as a kid um
1: I don't remember any like specific monsters or entities. Mm. I I remember a vibe being in a place and the, the air itself, the the electricity of the air was not, was not uh, of this place. And being in it felt like a fish being thrown into onto a desert floor, you know, like, like not only like not, 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 it was not my home, but it also was, like, wrong. It was just wrong for me to be there. I, I love
3: picturing you as, like, a six-year-old boy at the breakfast table trying to describe to your family. It was like a fish being plucked from its <laughs> elements and... Thrown into the desert, discarded <laughs> into the desert, just like over your corn pops. Enough,
4: Lucas, get ready for school. Go to school. Get oh out of
3: here. Gosh. Shut up with it. The bus all is here. Come Enough on. Enough with the
4: lights and the backyard. Enough with the fever dreams. You're fine. Long island
3: <laughs> I used to have this thing that would happen to me as a kid when I'd be sleeping and i would get this really weird tingling sensation on my arm
4: yeah don't trust that and it that. felt like uh
3: <laughs> it felt like fingertips like touching my arm like that and I always pictured there was, like, a little entity by my bed doing that. It was before I'd seen, like, even before I'd seen ET or anything like that, I was just like, oh, that thing's happening again, you know, where it was just like, <laughs> like, I'm sure it was just sleeping weird on my arm. But, yeah. like, I I I, ha- I remember those sensations when you were, g- sleeping as a boy was just terrifying as yeah. a kid. I hated it. I hated it.
1: To be honest, I was more afraid as a kid uh, of, people of serial killers of robbers didn't didn't, even register them yeah i I was i i was it registered more with me that uh the the spirit the spirit world if it existed was something that could scare me or maybe lean me lead me in a bad way but wouldn't like physically hurt me that it was people people who were Touched in the in the wrong way maybe by that something. Person the...
4: under possession. that's yeah. listening to the demons' orders to come grab you. I
1: have a, a real. I know it's <clears throat> maybe you don't want me to launch into like stories now, but I, you just reminded me of something. No, go for it. Story time. time. So I was in kind of a bad place uh, a few years ago. Uh, we had moved from a place that had a yard, and I man, I love my outdoor space. I love this thing of grounding, walking on the ground with my with my bare feet. Mm-hmm. I really, really feel close to nature, and I really feel kind of sad and get i get depressed if i'm away from it and we moved into a little apartment because we had to very fast and i had my dog in there and 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 uh, we is me and my wife okay and my my daughter wasn't born yet and uh uh, i was just stressed out and um i remember just I, i was also reading a lot about paranormal stuff at the time getting going down rabbit holes that was not stressful that was fun but hearing about these things like tulpas and stuff and I started to like get really possessive about this tiny little postal stamp of land in front of our uh in front of our house that our dog would just go and lay in the sun in. And everybody's dog in the neighborhood would pee on on it, even though I was, like, trying to grow vegetables. Which was insane. Why was I trying to grow vegetables? And <laughs> I'm like, going to eat from there. Yeah, yeah. And I kept running out of the house being like, get, stop peeing on my vegetables. And they'd be like, why are you growing vegetables in this pee spot? <laughs> I once met a man from
3: Columbia, Missouri, who grew corn stalks in his little p- patch of grass out by his sidewalk. He had full corn stalks. Oh, you just can right grow vegetables yeah. anywhere. It doesn't mean you should. Yeah. No, I'm just saying. Right.
1: But so I was I was just going down this dumb rabbit hole of, like, just being real negative and started becoming misanthropic about, and I, it was not me, you know, I'm not that person. And somebody, I don't know if I manifested this dude or if it was just a weird coincidence, some guy dressed in all black started standing right in front of my apartment every day and no. ranting on into his iPhone, vlogging like non like and for an hour he'd be talking and i could never he was voice was always loud enough that i could hear but never loud enough that i could tell exactly what he was saying oh
5: my God. but i could
1: oh. always catch the gist that he was angry as hell and paranoid and just fucking negative as hell and right. the the dude fucking scared me there was an energy about him that was just like oh no this guy is going down a
3: bad 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 road was he right in front like by that patch of grass yeah right there could you see his face
1: yes and uh uh, other people saw him and heard him and also agreed how weird it was so it wasn't like in my imagination or anything and uh it just once i started I started getting into a better place and started meditating more. I've been doing TM for a while, but I had started, I would let it go for a little while, and I started doing it again. You want
3: to s- explain? I mean, we know, but for our listeners that don- may not know what TM is, Transcendental
1: Meditation, mm-hmm. and it, it's just a technique for meditating that's really simple and uh, it's really great. I, I, David, Lynch, we were talking about David Lynch before; he's a huge mm-hmm. proponent yeah. of it. Um, uh, it's it's um, been really good for me. Um, I highly recommend it. And so I started doing it again. You have to actually do it for it to work. And when I started getting better, he just, he stopped coming by. And all of a sudden I stopped people just, I stopped caring about people peeing uh, people. I stopped caring <laughs> about dogs <laughs> peeing on the thing and they, they stopped being right. And it all, it all just kind of started falling back into place once I changed my attitude. Right. Oh, that's
3: yeah. weird. I mean, that, I think that's a really good example of when people talk about like, The laws of attraction, the hermetic law of attraction, and like this, you know, the secret, and like, or just magic, chaos magic. (laughs) That is essentially like if you're putting focusing all that negative energy into that area, there might be a logical explanation of where this guy came from. It's not that he is an apparition or a tulpa, being that you manifested out of the unconscious, you know. Immaterial, yeah. but there is something where it does attract negative energy somehow. Yeah. You know what that I mean? A
1: hundred percent. There's this grid that we don't see yeah, that's full sure. of the energy we put out. And it's yeah. If you're putting just, that out, it, I was just thinking
4: maybe he felt like that was like if he was seeing in this energetic spectrum, he's like, I feel safe right in this yeah, corner. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I yeah. can't yeah.
2: fucking believe the yeah. world
4: is gonna you know, yeah. Yeah. That goes, spot you know? felt good
3: to him to park it. Yes, and rant and rave. Yeah, exactly. And you, it it felt good because you'd focus so much on that spot of being a place of anger, paranoia, yeah. and then whatever was driving him away from him, you know, or driving him, you know, I'm sure it's all, it's like all part of this big interconnected, weird grid or highway, whatever you want to talk about, you know, mention it. But we've all had those like days where, you know, uh, thankfully I feel like they happen less and less for me, but there's like those periods where like you start your day and you're just like, Oh, I fucked. Like I tripped that thing fell or I can't find my phone. And the rest of the day is just, every single tiny thing goes wrong yeah. technology is going wrong whatever and there always comes a point where i'm just like all right this is not my day and i am in a and my mindset is just attracting more and more it's like i'm in a, this like like echo chamber mm. of disaster and you yeah. really have to like stop pull yourself out of it i think that's like the very basic version of that is Take a deep breath. You know I worry what I mean. On
1: a big scale, that's happening in our country. It right is. Now. It absolutely
3: yeah. is right now. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent is, and we've manifested this guy who's yeah. now leading the country, yeah. who's on a giant megaphone, who's ranting and raving. And yeah. it's like we did elect a a a Twitter troll yeah. as president. Yes. I mean, we've summoned. I think more and more the internet is reflective pool of like our collective unconscious and a lot of where our negative energy goes so much of it and we have summoned this entity for better or for worse uh there's no fucking it's no fucking coincidence right and i'm scared because i think as long as we are locked in and plugged into and feeding into social media and all this negative shit Um, we're just going to have more and more uh, leaders that are like this, you know, that are going to reflect our own neuroses and anger and all this stuff, you know, because like people who love him say, he says what I want to say and it's all anger based. Yeah, It's all anger based
1: and fear based
3: and absolutely forbidden. And then it just feeds right back into it. You know, I I can't remember what podcast I was listening to. This has been a year or so ago, but they talked about how, you know, whatever your political standing is, like if you're angry at what's going on, you know, especially right now, if you're not into uh, the orange windbag, it's like you're doing the um, 1984 Orwellian minute of hate. You know, I catch myself being like, Oh no, 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 fuck that guy. Fuck this. Fuck yeah. this. And it's like, Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm become the thing that Orwell it's <laughs> like yeah. warning against right. it's like you're giving into that hate and negativity yeah. and you're ranting and raving about it it's like <sighs> you have to step out of that it's so hard to do it's so hard to do because you keep getting pulled back in and then
1: you think about like oh well, what should have what should the germans have done in, when the nazis were grabbing powers? they should have gone out and punched the brown shirts and 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 been stood up for themselves and this and that but it's like maybe maybe not i don't know maybe they should have maybe they should have like found a brown shirt in their circle and like listened to them and talked to them and hugged them and yeah. been like like I love you. I see that I see that you're I see that you're this, suffering. I see that you're suffering and you're going down this bad path, dude. Like can we just talk? Maybe yeah. that would have worked on a big, big scale if everyone did it. I don't know. No, no but it wouldn't have happened if everyone not. just hugged <laughs> <the
5: channel. laughs> each
1: I, <laughs> I say let's
3: try everything. You know it, what I mean? It's worth a shot, right? I mean, Beto went to a gun show and was like, I want to hear your opinions. Yeah. I want to hear your opinions. Talk yeah. to me about why
1: you want assault rifles. I, yeah. I think that's
3: a good thing to do.
1: I know like, how I react if someone comes at me uh, shouting. And I dig my heels in. I'm not like, okay, let me listen. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. No,
2: everybody hug each it's other. Tough. Just everybody hug. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then, let's start there. And
1: then
3: yeah. gaze into each other's eyes. And then once you feel that consent, <laughs> you just get a kiss. Just get a big old <laughs> make-out. Just an old fashioned <laughs> cross
2: <laughs> party lines yeah. party. Yeah. What That's other? What, we um, need. what other
3: weird? Uh, in encounters have
1: you had and okay uh, well I, I guess i'll just jump right to please the, oh we want all of this I'll jump right to the the juicy one yeah, yeah. We're I, there. Saw, I, I saw i saw ufo this yes. past in 2018 no you way. did i saw it was an event i actually saw three ufos that i don't know maybe it was the same one because but it was an entire it lasted for over an hour
3: wow and are we talking nuts and bolts here
1: n- not quite okay um it started with my wife was, uh, it wasn't 2018. Maybe it was 2017. We're going to be real upset if it wasn't within
3: (laughs) a two-year window.
1: So my, my wife was inside uh, giving my two-year-old a nap. And uh, so I'm trying to remember when she was still napping in Mm -hmm. my wife's arms, but uh, so she wasn't a two-year-old at the time. She was younger. And so they're inside napping, trying to nap and I'm sitting in our yard and, uh, I'm sitting in the kind of shade and I have a big view of the sky facing west, southwest heading, you know, looking out toward the ocean and we can't see the ocean where we are, but we're about, as the crow flies about a mile and a half, all of a sudden I look up, my eyes just land on a light up in the sky and this is daytime and, uh, they just land on it and it starts blinking, blinking, blinking. And I'm thinking to myself, whoa, That's weird. And it's like far. It's way out over the ocean. It's a little light, but it's blinking like bright. I unmistakable like and it starts flashing different colors. And it's like a camera flash. But it's again, this tiny dot way off in the sky. And then it starts moving. It starts drifting to the right. And then it zips over, and like I said before, with a with a, a like a mouse on a oh, computer yeah. screen, it starts doing that just everywhere, all over the sky. And I think oh. to myself, I like I do the classic. I rub my eyes. <laughs> 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 uh, they they went out, and there was an awooga sound. <laughs>
3: So, For- you were very sexually attracted to those <laughs> UFOs.
1: Oh, yes. I turned into a wolf. The, the, oh, I, I should also mention this now my phone's camera stopped working the night before. Oh, weird. What? Stopped just out of nowhere, just stopped, wouldn't turn on. Shut up. It's true. And so I'm out there, and I think there's that gonna cosmic take, trickster. I'm going to take a picture. And I think, no, it's not working. And I think I'm going to run inside and grab my camera. And I have a thought in my head. Now, there's going to be more of this in this story. I don't know if this was my thought or something else, but the a thought that didn't feel like the natural thought I'd have in the moment was, no, don't run inside. You're gonna miss this. It's gonna be gone. Totally. This is this is for you to watch right now. You can watch it or not. Are you interested? I was fucking interested. So I sat and watched.
3: They were um, like, oh. put down your iPhone and listen to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It was like it was like a crotchety, uh, you know, old person. And it like <laughs> it's f- flashing gorgeous. multiple colors moving across what colors what
3: colors did you see
1: red purple blue green like this full Uh. spectrum white uh um going behind clouds and then getting brighter behind the cloud as if to be like can you still see me whoa and then getting dimmer when it was not behind a cloud and then i so i'm sitting there watching it my jaw on the floor basically for i don't know how long and i just started thinking to myself i was listening listening to music on my on my uh, iPhone. Do you and, remember what you were listening to? Yeah, I remember the, the exact song that was on when I first saw it. It was f- the song from Inside Lewin Davis. Oh, and sure. It was, hang me, oh, hang me. I'll be dead and gone. You know that one? Yeah. And I was vibing with the song. I was really like, it was making me sad. And I was thinking, wow, that was a great movie. It was just so sad and like beautiful. Yeah. It was just such a beautiful human movie. And, I, and then I started seeing this. And I think maybe that might have been part of it. I think. That's why I ask, because I th- I think that if you're like going out there, like I want to catch these on tape, these fucking aliens, like they're they're not they're like I think they're sensitive as fuck, and they they want to like they want to like have a conversation with you, but they they want you to be in the right place, I think. Yeah, and uh, if you if you're open to it, and. You're not uh, all about like oh I need evidence I need to like find out what this is if you're more like what what's going on I'm, I'm interested that and then you're more likely to see something and, I, and that's that was my where my mind was totally
3: so, so you're in that moment you're in listening. in that
1: moment and um, it's just, and more songs and uh, it's um the Chemical Brothers that uh, really trippy uh. uh, uh let forever be you know that one uh that one came on too i, I don't know the rest of the lyrics but it's real it, they were they were so perfect the, yeah, the yeah. it was like the synchronicity the the soundtrack was one after the other of just songs that were ultimate
4: s- ufo playlist just
1: framing is so perfectly and then i started having these thoughts that had nothing to do with the ufo of comedy's important laughing is really like oh. laughter is really actually one of the most important things right now in with the state of the world. Uh you're worried about the world. You have a a new daughter. It's all kind of falling apart. Everyone's ripping each other's throats out and shooting, shooting into crowds. And there's religions are killing each other. And, and everyone seems to be like forming on two sides and it's really scary. And like, Oh, this is why people are able to laugh. We are able to take pain and hurt and suffering and transfer it into this thing. That's joy. It's like a magic. It's a magic that we have. Mm -hmm. And, that you do that you're like it was like you are i have to be honest i've had s- some success in my career but it's been hard you know uh you i don't have to tell you guys it's it's a slog you have to love it
5: Fuck yeah.
1: uh you go through dry spells and uh you know uh some t- every now and then i'll have doubts like oh man did i did i mess up i'm too i'm too far in this what am i gonna do if like i can't support my family and get that money and uh, this was at a time when I was really having those thoughts and it was, I started having these thoughts of like, comedy is really important. Like don't give up, uh, it just along those lines. And then it occurred to me, what, why am I thinking about comedy and in my career when I, I know it's, it might sound cheesy to people like, uh, Oh, I'm like, actually, if you guys didn't know, I'm like divinely meant to be a comedian. <laughs> a no,
4: no, 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 I don't no, no, no,
3: no, I I no, no, I, I, I don't think you sound that way at all. I was thinking
4: in my own mind, how, 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 biblical in in its in its own sense this sounds like when we read something about like that in the bible like you know some people see some person sees a light in the sky and gets these messages about their life what's so different about that it's you know? just yeah. you're just having
3: a moment of purpose that's Absolutely. all it is. i mean yeah. you know what i mean and not and, not not to even and that's I, a great thing and i think the bible i think Beautiful.
1: that's i think you're right and i think the bible and the characters in the bible we put up on this pedestal when really it's just folk tales about people sure? they're just yeah. tribal uh, uh i mean humble. jesus was
3: hanging out with the worst of society yeah, they're that just was the tribal whole point. humble yeah, people yeah the disciples living in the were desert. like castaways right well, and, and, and are, more importantly
4: that miracles haven't stopped they they, You know, people still see amazing things that yeah. can't be explained. Yeah. Amazing and incredible things still do happen today. They didn't just stop after the Bible was done being written, you yeah, know? Yeah,
1: I agree. I agree. So then I texted—I couldn't—I I was just like, i got to share this with somebody. And so I texted my wife. Uh, I could even find the text. It's not important, but— uh, what we said isn't important but uh she was just like what are you talking about i was like you "Come out, you got to see this she came out kind of annoyed the, the baby wasn't quite asleep but so she otherwise she would have been like no i'm not coming out but she came out god is my witness it stopped moving and stopped flashing when she came out mm-hmm. it stayed there she saw it i pointed the, and she was like i see a dot it's not doing and she was like it looked at me or like are you okay and then i had this fear like oh god if she doesn't believe me, I'm going to like lose my mind and this is going to be really uh upsetting. Long story, long story short, she believes me and uh it's all cool. But um <laughs> it, was, it was a scary moment. Sure, 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 yeah. scary moment. And but the gist I got was like uh, don't be rude dude, like I'm just talking I'm talking to you now. And so she went back in and it started again yeah. with the flashing. Big cloud came over and I lost it. I'm staying outside uh thinking and I and I go on our hammock and I'm just like, "Wow, that was incredible." Then this, there were there were three things. Then this next thing is going to sound after the first thing a little lackluster. It was kind of a vague three circles. I guess you'd call them orbs, mm-hmm. but they were vague. They were almost see through. Mm-hmm. Lower down, and they passed lazily over my yard, and they formed into a, a triangle. Uh, the three circles, and they moved off. It was just like that, lackluster. But but after after the light, and 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 oh my god, Bryce is jizzing all Uh, over uh, our couch. (laughs) This, oh man, save your jizz because this (laughs) last (laughs) one. Okay, okay, (laughs) hold it, hold Hold it. it. I can save it. Then moments later, and this one is the one that like you're either going to jump on board, you're going to be like, this guy's a fucking liar, he's nuts. But I'm neither. The then. What I can only describe as, like, you ever see a snake swimming on the top of the water? How it it slithers like that? Mm -hmm. Something like that black went over my yard, low over my yard, maybe 30, 50, oh, 60 feet, the height that helicopters go. And I know this because it was followed by a helicopter. It looked like maybe a, a LAPD, like a white and black helicopter, followed this thing. What? Over my yard. And it was
3: a long, black snake a long, shape?
1: black, snake-like shape Whoa. that was just flew across the sky. And I was like, w- that what? Like it could was that a... A, a kite no it was behind, it was in front of the helicopter wow. was that a drone i've never ever seen i would love to see a drone that that looked like this there were no rotors it made no sound
3: did it look organic or did it look mechanical or i
1: knowing what i know which is not a lot i would say organic i i, yeah. I, I say it was like a snake or a worm Wow. But I don't fucking know. I, I mean, w- w- these things could be, if they're things, could be both. They could be either. Right. How, how much
4: what, of this do you think was, because uh, I hear these experiences all the time, how much of this do you think was for you personally?
1: I think it was. Uh, I think it, I I think it, we made eye contact and then it paid attention to me. You were me. I think it was in. way out there. And I think that these things, I truly believe this. I think these things, can, they, w- if they choose to communicate with us, they do it. They can do it through like telepathy. Absolutely. And, uh, I think that by looking at it and being interested in it and being in the headspace I was in,
4: you become it, engaged.
1: It became engaged because it was it went from miles away over the ocean to literally flying over my backyard. Yeah. So th- to me, that this is so common with so big. many
3: UFO right, right. encounters. I, I, you hear this, that this feeling? They, yeah. They they,
1: they, they they get the idea that you're watching them, and then they like if you flash light at them, they flash back. Yep.
3: I want to go back to the snake thing Man. real quick, Kay. and uh, not I'm not uh i'm just interested yeah. if you if you could touch this thing what would you what do you feel like the texture of it would have been
1: i don't i don't know yeah. i don't know um it was didn't it,
3: it, it was it shiny i uh, know no light was reflect there was reflecting no it wasn't of shiny it. Yeah. was it a
2: solid form like was there light passing through it or was there was, it was no light it was solid black yeah solid black
1: solid black uh and then I, I, immediately that night started Googling Sky Snake, Sky Serpent. Yep. And I, I didn't really get what I lo- was looking for, but I got Caduceus, the ancient symbol of yeah. of the, Hermes. The Hermes, yeah. And the, yeah. And, the, and, the, and that's very tied into a lot of these uh, these esoteric traditions. Mm-hmm. I got the tradition of the dragon the chinese mm-hmm. dragon it's when you look That's at the it, dna it's, thing too the two snakes a, yes, intertwining the a coil, pole, yes yeah. dna back to dna you you another on a co- lot of
4: medical buildings it's the it's the actual symbol for for medicine you the know?
1: snake in the bible yeah the snake in the bible the uh it, it gets misconstrued by christianity in in the snake in the jewish old, old testament it's not the devil it's it's uh, it's something else. It's something mm-hmm. that we don't have a word for in English.
3: Well, in so there's another comic book, Promethea, which I've probably brought up by Alan Moore, another ma- magician. I love Alan Moore. So he talks about, um, in Promethea, she wields, this character wields the caduceus or caduceus or whatever it's called. And um, in the the Kabbalah, which Promethea is really into, I know I'm jumping around here, no. but they talk about, they liken the snake is coming down from the tree of knowledge. The top of the tree is the Godhead where God is. And the snake is the path that winds its way so- itself down through all the realms of consciousness down to down here to earth, right? So when Adam or Eve is discuss- talking to the serpent, they're talking to the direct line through the direct line of communication so the, that's that's to God, So the right? snake is Prometheus. It's basically it's it's ba- yes, and it's the, bringing us
5: the the, the, light. the
3: fire from the gods. So yeah. it's, and it's essentially it's the avenue between us and the other. You know, yeah. it's the messenger in a way, yeah. which is also fascinating because Hermes of course is the messenger of the gods as well. Yeah. And then and it's almost like Zeus's lightning bolt. It's the same thing. The lightning bolt, when people are struck by lightning, it's the zigzagging, slithering, uh, uh, you know, trail of information between the godhead and, our veins and, make, and ourselves. And our
1: veins make that kind of pattern. Uh, the roots mm. of a tree and the mycelium of mushrooms yeah, yeah. make that same pattern. Oh, yeah. it's, mm.
3: it's pretty interesting. But the um, there are... Uh, cases of and you can look these up of like medieval villages and even stuff closer to the turn of the century of people going out and watching these sky serpents fly through the the sky for hours at a time where, yeah. can, where can I find um I'll, I'll help you google them uh, so you've heard of I'll sky serpents I'll stand over your shoulder like we're, we're practicing our golf swing and I'll point at the Good. screen enthusiastically right. oh, yeah. yeah but I think if you just google like medieval sky serpent UFO stuff it'll it'll definitely pop up wow um boy oh boy do did you have a,
2: more? Did like a presence like was it was there was it a benevolent malevolent neither because it seemed it like the other the light seemed like it had that was giving you this message i didn't and, have a beautiful a malevolent. kind of thing. No,
1: Not no no feeling all. of malevolence
3: i feel like those three translucent uh circles were the lights i, think it I feel was like all they, the same thing maybe yeah i yeah. think they came down Maybe they were heralding this weird snake thing, Maybe but I don't know.
1: It makes more sense that the orbs were the light, and maybe the snake was a, a different, but I don't know. It's they,
4: all dude, the, part it of the- backyard. The, that's know, crazy. Yeah.
3: Uh, <laughs> boy, oh boy, oh boy. Um, we have to move on. Okay. Uh, this is fascinating. I'm sure you have more, more stories, and we're going to have you back on the show. Uh, but we have to play a game with you that okay. we play with all of our guests. It's called Bullshit
5: or Believe It.
3: All right, rapid fire. I'm going to go down a list. Okay. Bullshit if you don't believe it. Believe it if you do. Got it? Got it. And if it's somewhere in between, you gotta pick one. Okay. Got it? Yes. On your mark. Get set. Ghosts. Believe it. UFOs. Believe it. Bigfoot. Believe it. Angels. Believe it. Gnomes. Believe it. Unicorns. B- believe it. Shadow people. Believe it. Loch Ness Monster. Believe it. Alien Greys. Believe it. Dogman. But I don't
1: know if they're aliens, but I, Fair I enough. think people see some like
3: Greys. That. Greys, yeah. Uh, Dogman. Believe it. Parallel universes. Definitely believe it. The Loveland Frogman.
1: Don't really know about
3: it. He's a cryptid that people saw. He looks like a frog.
1: Uh, I Believe it because I don't want to insult anybody who actually saw it. Mermaids. Uh, yeah, believe it. Heaven. Believe it. Hell. I don't, man. Bullshit. Yeti. B- believe it.
3: Venusians, aka Hot Blondes oh, from Venus. Oh, believe
1: it. ESP. <laughs>
3: ESP. ESP, believe it. Chupacabra.
1: B- believe it. Demons. Man, how can I believe in demons and not hell? But yeah, believe it. Atlantis. B- believe it, but I don't know, shaky. Batsquatch. Big- Fly, I'm flying, flying humanoids, yeah. I believe, yeah.
3: Life on other planets. Believe it. World peace. Believe it. Peace in the multiverse. Believe it. Well done.
4: Lucas, you did great. High five.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And I don't get yelled at by Bryce this week. Did I tell you
4: we vibed or what? (laughs) He was like... (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Bat Squatch is my new favorite. I'm on board. (laughs) board. Now that I've
3: gotten believe-its on those, you're you're happy. (laughs) Yeah, the only thing. So uh, uh, out of all of these, which is the one that you think you'd you'd be most excited to see, make eye contact with?
1: Uh, I would be terrified... Bat Squatch, but I, uh, to me, it's <laughs> I, it's not Bat Squatch. It's the Have you guys heard of the 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 Chicago Flying Humanoid? Yeah, sure. the Chicago yeah. Mothman. We the Mothman. Talk about it. We talk moth- about it all yeah. the time. Oh my God, I got to listen to more of your show. Yeah, uh, th- I I think you're really gonna like it. I, yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, definitely. Uh, you guys are totally on the same wavelength with me. It's fucking fascinating yeah. and it's terrifying, yeah. and I believe it. One of the first uh, uh, reports was a cop yeah yeah. like who's anonymous he doesn't want his name out there but people in the press are saying it's a real cop right oh yeah yeah and this whole like we're talking about john keel before i believe that fucking story there's no way these salt of the earth folks from west virginia in the 60s were all making this shit up there's no Mm -hmm. way there's no way and people are seeing it in chicago now and that's Fucking crazy!
4: That's what drives me crazy about skeptics in general. Is they're so quick to like, you know, discount so much of people's uh, eyewitness testimony, especially that from trained observers, like you know, people in the military, yeah. officers of the law, and just civilians in general. You know, mm-hmm. ah, hoax, max hallucination. Ah, they're making it up. It feels arrogant, right? It does yeah. feel arrogant. Absolutely, I don't like it. No, me neither. <laughs> Um, I don't like it. I love it. <gasps> uh, we're going to take a quick break. When
3: we come back, it's time for this week's story of high strangeness. Cool. And if you like helicopters, you'll love this one. <laughs> it's A team or uh, Airwolf. Airwolf. <laughs> And we're back, and it's time for High Strangeness. This is the segment where we tell a story from strange history. Uh, this week, it is Bryce Johnson's turn. Bryce, what do you got for us?
4: Uh, so I got a, I got a case here. I've been, uh, I've been meaning to cover for for quite some time. I'm glad I tackled it for our first uh, show with Campfire. So here we go: an extremely haunting and controversial UFO sighting. Uh, which as well stood the test of time, was an event that took place in the piney woods of Texas near the town of Huffman. A case which would change the lives of the three witnesses forever and not for the better. A case which would end in multi-million dollar lawsuit against the United States government. It's a tale of high strangeness that I like to call the Cash Landrum UFO incident. Mm. I was thinking about naming it the <laughs> Cash Landrum <laughs> UFO cover-up but I'll go with incident. Okay. And you'll see why. On the evening of December 29th, 1980, Betty Cash, Vicki Landrum, and Colby Landrum, Landrum, Vicky's seven-year-old grandson, were driving home from Dayton, Texas, to Dayton, Texas, in Cash's Oldsmobile Cutlass after dining out. At about 9 p.m., while driving on an isolated two-lane road in dense woods, the witnesses said they observed a light above some trees. Now, they initially thought it was an airplane approaching Houston Intercontinental Airport, which was about 35 miles away, and they gave it, you know, little notice. But a few minutes later, on the winding roads, the witnesses saw what they believed to be the same light as before, but thought it was now much closer and much brighter. They said that the light came from a huge diamond-shaped object, which hovered at about treetop level, and that its base was expelling flame and emitting significant heat. Betty describes what happened next. We didn't know what it was, but we knew there was something that was lighting up the sky. we had begun to feel heat, and all of a sudden, Vicki screamed for me to stop, and when I stopped, she went forward, and her handprint was embedded into the dash of the car, and I thought, well, I've got to see what this is. So I got out, Walked toward the front of the automobile and i stood there looking up trying to figure out what the object was it was a diamond shaped object then at the bottom flames were shooting out the heat was tremendous it just felt like i was burning from the inside out when i reached for the door handle the door handle was so hot i couldn't even begin to hold on to it i was more than scared the only thing i was thinking was are we going to get out of here alive as a matter of fact, it was so bright and otherworldly that Vicki interpreted the object as a sign of the second coming of Jesus Christ, telling Colby, her grandson, that's Jesus. He will not hurt us. <laughs>
3: awesome. Turns out Jesus emits a lot of radioactivity. <laughs> a lot of yeah. fire.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Jesus or not, Colby was terrified. Cass said
3: she like, was anxious. Colby's like, I'm pretty sure that's not Jesus.
4: <laughs> she considered turning the car around, but abandoned the idea because the road was too narrow and she presumed the car would get stuck on the dirt shoulders which were a soft from the evening rains now as Betty and Vicky got out of the car to examine the object, Colby was too terrified and so Vicky, his grandma quickly returned to the car to comfort him, Cash remained outside mesmerized by this bizarre sight the object was intensely bright a dull metallic silver and was shaped like a huge upright diamond with the ends cut off about the size of the Dayton water tower, with its top and bottom cut off, and so they were flat rather than pointed. Small blue lights ringed to the center, and periodically over the next few minutes, flames shot out of the bottom, flaring outward, creating the effect of a large cone. Every time the fire dissipated, the UFO floated a few feet downwards toward the road. Mm. But when the flames blasted out again, the object rose about the same distance. Like a hot air balloon. That's right. It was only after that Betty got back into her car to drive off, that they all heard the tremendous sounds of blades cutting through the night air and saw what looked like large, black, double-rotor helicopters tending to and following the large, diamond-shaped craft. Vicky states, They were large helicopters that had the double rotaries on them. I counted 22, possibly 23. And these were the type of helicopters that you just don't normally see. I knew they had to belong to the Army scared and in shock they all went home and tried to sleep back at vicky's house vicky was awoken in the middle of the night by the sound of coughing and vomiting coming from colby's room who was suffering from high fever nausea and begging for water and it looked as though he was severely sunburned it was only then that vicky realized she wasn't feeling all that well either she decided to check on her friend betty the next morning when she arrived at betty's house she was startled to find Betty in even worse shape. Her temperature was dangerously high and large red welts had appeared on her face and hands. Over the next four days, Betty's condition grew more serious. Vicky finally convinced her to see a doctor in Houston who immediately admitted Betty to Parkway Hospital. Three weeks later, she underwent treatment for acute radiation poisoning. Betty was in the hospital for a total of six weeks. Jesus. She lost more than 50% of her hair No patches of skin on her face. She was treated by Dr. Brian McClellan, who was said, "Quoting, There's absolutely no doubt in my mind that Betty was exposed to high doses of radiation. As to what the source was, I just I, I can't exactly say. Now, After her release, she continued to suffer side effects. Extreme swelling of the face and arms. Painful headaches that haunted her for the rest of her life and loss of appetite. Vicki and Colby also suffered similar side effects, however theirs were less severe than Betty's, perhaps because they remained in the car. That's when they decided to find out just what in the hell they had experienced and why this was happening to them. They started to make some calls. It wasn't until they finally called NASA that the girls were put in touch with a former project manager, an aeronautics executive who had an interest in this stuff and was a deputy director of MUFON, which is the Mutual UFO Network. After hearing their stories and seeing for himself their injuries, John Schuessler officially came aboard to investigate the case. He started by going back to the scene of the crime, and yes, I do think a crime took place. More on that later, where he discovered a large burnt patch of asphalt right where the craft had been hovering. Strangely enough, they all went back a few weeks later, and the burnt portion of the road had been replaced with new asphalt, with witnesses reporting large unmarked trucks pulling putting the burn debris on their flatbeds covering it with a tarp and hauling it away. Mm. Next, he interviewed anybody and everybody who lived within a 5-mile radius of the incident. And what did he find? At least 10 other people had seen the object and 7 or 8 other people had seen the helicopters. And their descriptions were all very similar to what Betty and Vicky described. One eyewitness was a police officer L.L. L. Walker. It was in the area on the night that Betty and Vicky encountered the object. My name is Eliel Walker. He said, I don't fuck with UFOs. <laughs> I don't fuck around. My wife Marie and I were returning from her mother and dad's. As we were coming out of some tree lines, I saw a helicopter. It was shining a spotlight on the ground. Then I heard the noise of other helicopters behind it and I stopped the car because I didn't know what was going on. The helicopters were military and they were all flying fairly low to the ground and all of them had search beams on. I thought maybe there was an airplane down but they didn't hesitate. They kept going in the same direction which was probably intersect the area where Vicky said her encounter was. Convinced that the military was somehow involved, Betty and Vicky wrote to their Texas Senators John Tower and Lloyd Benson. They replied back that Bergstrom Air Force Base had been notified and made well aware of what happened to them and they would help out in any way possible. And if you believe that, I got some beach property in Nevada I'd love you to eat, take a look at. <laughs> so on August 21st, they get down to Berkshire okay, Air Dad. Force Base, <laughs> even bringing overnight bags, thinking they were going to receive some type of medical care. And when they arrived in the room, they saw a map, a large map with a pin in it where the incident occurred. Betty and Vicky told the Air Force investigators exactly what had happened to them in December of last year and were questioned for over two hours and recorded by a military stenographer, which is available for anybody to read on MUFON's website. Betty recalls that even though it was eight months later, they still had blisters on their bodies, and Betty was wearing a wig because her hair had fallen out, which they wanted her to take off so as they could see it. I picture her doing that, and everyone in the room going, now, the two military interviewers denied that any military or government operation had been conducted at that time and place, and that as far as they could see, the military, nor the government, was responsible for the claims that they had made. They were then told that they were entitled to file a claim, and the Air Force would review the case. Four weeks later, Betty and Vicky's claims for medical damages were denied, which in total for Betty was around $10,000 dollars, which was extremely a lot for this a is pest. 19... this is 1980 80 and yeah. she was just a small business owner.
3: yeah, this Oof. that's at least 30 40 grand. and, and Vicky now. and Colby's,
4: uh, in, in, in in eye doctors appointments ran about a thousand. Now Betty later said, in 1982, um, Betty and Vicky filed a lawsuit against the United States government. Now the case was dismissed by a federal judge for lack of evidence. Betty said later, I thought there was no justice left in the United States, and to think that we had a federal judge that wouldn't even give us the chance to speak or to be heard Head of her time. So, just what it was, just what was it that Betty Cash, and Vicky Landrum, and her grandson Colby saw on that cold winter night back in December that had changed their lives forever? John Schusler offers two explanations. One is that it was an experimental craft of some kind, probably from our government. The other. It was an unidentified flying object, possibly extraterrestrial. Vicki Landrum adds, I don't believe in little green men, and it had to be an object. It could have been a spacecraft that the government was carrying, but our government was carrying it. Betty, Vicky, and Colby continued to battle illnesses that doctors say could be the result of massive radiation exposure. Betty had been diagnosed with several types of cancer. She, Vicky, and Colby all have white blood cell counts that are far below normal. Their immune systems now have difficulty fighting off even minor infections. Brian McClellan, the, the family physician, said, Vicki's having visual problems, and there are lots of suggestions that they may be related to radiation as well, but that depends on the kind of exposure. And someone needs to tell us what the exposure is so we can figure this out. Betty Cash said that all she wants is information that could help her medically. If it's a top-secret object that's protecting the United States, then... I could say I forgive them for that. But at least they owe us to tell us exactly why we were burned and what type of radiation we were exposed to and how much. After the UFO incident, Betty Cash was hospitalized for cancer treatments at least once every year. She died 18 years later at the age of 69. The Air Force declined to be interviewed for this story. Their official position is that no... Did you try contacting the Air Force? I'm impressed. Their official position is that no military or government operation occurred. Now, to add more intrigue to this already sort of horrifying story is that in an explosive rare interview recently published between a special agent for counterintelligence for the Air Force of Special Investigations, Richard Doty, and leading UFO authority Dr. Stephen Greer, Doty comes clean and states emphatically that the event that took place on December 29th outside of Houston involving the three innocent bystanders, Betty Cash, Vicky, and Colby Landrum, was the result of a captured alien vehicle that the military was flying, which was powered by a man-made nuclear power plant because they couldn't actually reverse the alien power source that worked. The craft had a leak or a core breach which gave the victims radiation sickness. Skeptics like to point out to the fact that the few doctors' records point out that Betty's hair loss was probably caused by alopecia, an autoimmune disorder, and her various cancers, as well as Vicki and Colby's eye problems, were likely pre-existing conditions. Their burns were in all likelihood self- inflicted in order to gain money from their frivolous lawsuit, to which I say, yeah, fucking right. Oh, and that strange bright-as-the-sun diamond-shaped craft was probably just a weather balloon. And that's the story... <laughs> like that of uh, of Betty Cash Vicky and Colby Landrum now um, I actually have uh, some audio here I'd like to play this oh. is Vicky Landrum reporting it to New Fork which is the National UFO Reporting Center in her own words
0: yes sir this is Vicky Landrum from Dayton, Texas yes uh, a vehicle come down and it was like fire was coming from huh. right ahead of us and we had to stop and we got out of the car, which I didn't stay out for just a minute, because I had my little grandson, which I got cozy of, and I got back in the car. So nothing happened to me, but my eyes were burned. But the Betty Cash, it was with me. That night, not started coming, in she had a real terrible head And so she's been in View Hospital over two weeks. I got out, and she stayed two weeks, and I had to put her back. And all of her hair had come out. They can't find out. Exactly what's wrong with her, they keep saying it could be so it's a possibility of that. But instead of her getting better, she gets worse. And couldn't have had anything to do with that thing that we stood and watched, because we were close enough to it that we felt a fire
5: from it. How close do you feel you were to that?
0: I'd be safe to say it wasn't more than maybe a block and a half something. lit up the whole element. And I thought the war was coming to the end. I really did. I so told my grandson not to be afraid that if he saw something come out of it, that it would be Jesus. That's all way I could explain to him to keep him from going into
5: his Was this a fairly large object? Yes, sir. Would it be larger than your car? Yes, sir. And did it land on the ground?
0: No, yes, sir. It come down almost to the treetops. And then it went back up and went to the light of it. And uh, we counted 23 helicopters. There might have been more coming out 1960 over here. Uh huh. We counted those helicopters up there, so there has to be somebody that knew about it. It was caused from that. I want, I don't want her to die. I want her to get better. What roadway were you on at the time? I was, we was on the cutoff road, what they called the uh, New Katy and Huffman Road. My name's Vicki Landrum, and her name is Betty Close, and she's in Parkview Hospital. Now, one of the doctors believed that we, that we might have got some radiation, but we it's not positive to take her blood, and it didn't show up in her blood. But in less than two weeks time, she had lost all her hair, except around the, the bottom. And she had, she had hair that she wouldn't believe, and I mean, this is not a hoax. I'm not calling you for a hoax. Call the Parkview Hospital and verify what I'm telling you. I'm not putting you on. I wish somebody would go to the hospital and see that lady. We're going to see if we can't get some help for you, and uh, they'll call ahead of time and make an appointment. I mean, I'm, I, I'm, I've been afraid to call, afraid that somebody would think I was, you know, it's a hoax. But she, she's, I like to go back in the hospital for the same thing, and she's not getting any better. I have like to have help, and somewhere, I don't, she's going to die. Okay, we're going to do everything we can to help. Okay, exactly
4: thank you Thank you. I mean, so obviously listening to that, you can just tell this girl is concerned for the safety and well-being of her good friend Betty, you know, and her grandson, of course.
3: Yeah, that was insane. Like, she sounds completely reasonable. Mm-hmm. Yeah except for her belief in Jesus Christ. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> um,
4: no, that's fascinating. Who was that called to? That was to New Fork. That was her reporting it to, because uh, they got the runaround from so many other places. She called the National uh, Center for UFO Reporting. Okay, okay. Newfork, yeah.
3: uh, we'll put that link in our show notes, because yeah. there's a video to go along with that. And the photos are of of, uh, of uh, Betty's hair Yeah, when insane. we were listening to that, it played Perfect.
4: a uh, collage of photos, and you could see, I mean, just huge huge patches of her hair were or were, were you know gone just missing wow. and the welts on their skin lasted most of their life and they would blister she said she said she would walk out into the she would get these blisters and when she'd walk out into the sun it was a horrifying heat and they would pop and just like oh, water God. would just seep out of them you know now they're both gone colby's still alive today and i tried to find some inter- i know he's done one or two interviews uh, uh, and I tried to find those. I I wasn't able to, but uh, you know, I I have a son, and I can only imagine like what that would be like. You know, yeah. to these people obviously lived with these uh, repercussions of this incident for the remainder of their lives. You know, and they were just completely run around from the government. And here's the thing, right? If it was, if it was an extraterrestrial craft, you know, how could so many of these helicopters get so close to it? It looked like, like Richard Doty explains that, like you know. And he goes on to say to Stephen Greer, you know, there were four pilot, four human pilots piloting this thing. They had trained for nine months to figure out how to fly this thing. And it was flying great, uh, you know, flying perfect until they tried to slow it down, uh, the craft. And that's when it started malfunctioning. And then, of course, they call in, you know— uh, who they could from Nellis Air Force? They launched this thing out of Nellis Area 51, and that's where those it came, came all from. the way
3: from Area. Fi- okay, that's right. I,
4: we got to ask our guest Lucas, what the hell was that?
3: What do you think this is?
1: I have no idea. Yeah, that that explanation of uh, people, the government. Uh, maybe using a captured craft and it malfunctioning seems to line up with the events of the story. Mm. The helicopters it it kind of sounds like it was malfunctioning. The the way the radiation burns, you don't you don't hear about that level of radiation sickness happening yeah. from other close encounters. Yeah. So it kinda it rings a little true. I, I um
3: I just have to say for the record, I don't, you know I'm I'm almost as skeptical about UFO th- Theorists like Richard Doty and certainly Stephen Greer, as I am maybe the government in some of these stories. Mm -hmm. Um, But, uh, yeah, to me, the thing that strikes me is if if it was a test craft, it seemed, whether it was a recovered UFO or maybe something that they were building from scratch, it seems highly irresponsible to fly it where they flew it yeah um you know i don't know i don't know it also makes sense to me that it could be some sort of extraterrestrial or interdimensional craft that was crashing or malfunctioning in our reality and those helicopters were just coming because they knew that thing was coming down and they're denying it either way but
2: Whatever well, it was, it definitely sounds like they experienced severe they radiation. Experienced, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that, that is, yeah that is, there's no
4: question about that, yeah. that they obviously, you know, begot some serious illnesses just because of this this incident. But yeah, it, it seems like, you know, if this was a, a craft from another planet that, that its propulsion system would be you know, uh, not one of such a nuclear reactor. You know, right? Uh, and that's what, and that's what Paul Benowitz. Uh, I mean, Richard Doty. I mentioned Paul Benowitz because we know that Richard Doty is a was a uh, sort of notorious disinformation agent. Yeah, remember, your, remember your remember base? Yeah, I know. Base? Paul Benowitz. Yeah, it was the him guy who, It was him. I that know. Was that's why I'm like, I don't
3: take a lot of stock how in can, anything How can we believe him? Doty or Greer not But it's yeah. like you
4: said, Lucas, it sort of matches, it, when you when you put the pieces together, it does sort of align with the, the story that's being told. That, yeah, I don't that trust uh, those guys. you know, they couldn't figure out the alien propulsion system, so they put one of their own nuclear But I can
3: jump in. to that conclusion too with my imagination, right, you know, right. because, because I agree with Riley that it, or it or Lucas, maybe you said it that it lines up with the events of the story. If you're coming up with an, a narrative, yeah. you use your imagination, that tracks. But I I but
4: I we don't know. But how quick is it for like to be like to go to the Air Force to look for some uh, some remunerations when they're like, Oh well, we don't have any diamond shaped uh extraterrestrial craft, ma'am, and uh <laughs> nope. certainly we're an R twenty three black double helies. But also know?
3: They might be talking to somebody in the Air Force who truly believes that and yeah. doesn't know. Right. Yeah, well, totally. they may not like, be. You know what I mean? They may not,
4: yeah, I totally agree with your point. It's they may not, not like not
3: every gonna, one of the Air Force knows about this and shit. Yeah, they're not going to reveal a
4: black a,
1: a black uh, <laughs> well, that was uh, my operation. Point. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If they Welcome did, the they're Force, not going to reveal
3: yeah. it. It's crazy. That's what. That's why I'm like, if it was theirs, boy, oh boy, was that so irresponsible mm-hmm. to fly something that could injure in a civilian area that could injure people. That's why you do it out in the desert where yeah. no one's going to get hurt, and no one can see it, which makes me wonder if it was something not of this world because I, yeah. it's I, showing up where it shouldn't. Mm-hmm. I, th-
1: yeah, I, I, or maybe also... it was
3: a little boy escaping a compound with an alien. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. That wasn't. But. There, <laughs> the thing about like Richard Doty and uh, and um, Stephen Greer is like I don't know what to think about those guys. I'm super skeptical skeptical of them too. But it's like sometimes. Disinformation artists: the best way they can do their job is to mix in bad exactly information right. with good yeah. information. Sometimes be totally truthful and let and let that up your credibility, and then in other times when it's tactically good for you, lie. That's you right. exactly
4: right. That is the modus operandi. It's like of my ex and misinformation is <laughs> you mix you mix an just kidding I've never of, been married. I just wanted
3: to make a misogynistic <laughs> joke. I guess. Hey.
4: Sorry. Are you no, sure no, Was it wasn't
1: my ex-wife? Hey, in Texas? Hey. Uh, yeah. Yeah but
4: listen you know guys like Stephen greer i mean as, as controversial as he is he's been recently validated uh in some ways with that uh wilson eric davis memo leak that 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 some you no one say, knows what you're talking
3: about Bryce. well they
4: say that's one of the biggest leaks of the century and it and it kind of backs up everything Stephen greer uh said in a certain interview Stephen and stuff, greer but, loves alex jones oh my god everything always back to you i'm
3: just saying you gotta look (laughs) at the context of all this
4: stuff anyway with
2: this information though i mean like you're saying like the best way is to put in some real information because then it poisons it Mm -hmm. well no and then everybody came came from him then that can't be real because he
4: said this other wrong thing so yeah exactly and then other people will do the job for you just like my
3: ex-wife's cooking a little bit of sugar and a touch of poison (laughs) 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 anyway that's attempted that's (laughs) Great story, very well told, very well uh, accompanied, Mr. uh, uh, Super Producer Riley Bray. Uh, Lucas, thank you so much for being on the show. Where can people find you uh, should you choose to be found?
1: People can find me on my Instagram, House of Relax, at House of Relax, all one word, and I do comics there, and they're so fun, and I do like little videos, and it's like... Uh, I got I got a good thing going over there. See me on Instagram, Great. baby. Beautiful. We'll tag Beautiful. on Check everything. Uh, plugs for us. We've
3: got coming up on September seventh at four p.m. in Salt Lake City. We are doing a live show with. A funny feeling podcast hosted by Marcy Jaro, nice. the previously uh, aforementioned, I should say, and uh, Betsy Sodaro will be at Fan X, the comic convention in Salt Lake City, Saturday, uh, September 7th at 4 p.m. Uh, come see us if you're coming to the show, and come to the show to come see us. Um, I want to thank uh, uh, Campfire Media for hosting us. On their network, taking a real chance and second guessing it now that they've heard this first episode. (laughs) Just kidding. It was great. Uh, And then, uh, what other plugs? I feel like there's something else that I'm forgetting. Uh, uh, We'll figure it out. I think that's it. The important thing is the live show. Yeah. Riley, any dates for.
2: uh, no, Spindirth we're, just, we're up? finishing up our record now. So, uh, but it's coming out in the fall on Alternative Tentacles.
3: Bryce, any clues to your top secret projects? Not yet. More to come. All right, sounds good. All right, thanks everybody. I want to thank uh, Lucas one more time. Lucas Held, go check out his cartoons; they're very funny. And uh, thank Campfire Media, and of course, thank you, the listener. Until next week, I remain Michael McMillan for Bryce Johnson and Riley Bray. And until then, go get regressed. And good night Do it.
4: Bigfoot Collectors Club is produced by Riley Bray. Our theme song is Come Alone by Sun Eaters, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It really helps get the podcast to more listeners. To support the show, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash Bigfoot Collectors Club and unlock multiple reward episodes every month.
1: Campfire. Campfire.